0: But let's get to Easter. Let's let's talk about the resurrection. Let's talk about what. Uh, here's what I want to talk about today: risk and reward. Risk and reward. I'm going to encourage you today to be a risk taker, and we're going to look at a guy who was. And if you have a Bible, go to Mark's Gospel, Mark. So there's four accounts of Jesus' life: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to look at Mark's. Now, if you're new to the scriptures, Mark was not a disciple. But Peter was, and Peter gave his account to Mark, and then Mark wrote it down. So these is kind of Peter's account of Jesus' life. We're being Mark fifteen. If you don't have a Bible, uh, download U Version, great version of the Bible. And when you do, look under Events on U Version. You see the Core Church event. When you click on that, all the scripture is there. You can take notes there. There's a daily devotional goes right along with this message, and, and other helpful things right there on U Version. But Ma- uh, Mark fifteen. And let me set this up. Jesus has, uh, has died, and, and he's hanging on the cross, and it's late on Friday afternoon, and we pick up the story in verse 42. It so said, this all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea took a risk. Joseph of Arimathea, he took a risk. He took a risk, and he went to Pilate, and he asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council. He was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead, so he called the Roman officer, asked if he had died yet. The Roman officer confirmed that Jesus was dead, so Pilate told Joseph he he could have the body. Basically, Pilate at this point is like, I don't want to mess with it. You can have it. Do whatever you want. It's yours. So Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross. He wrapped it in the cloth, laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, they saw where Jesus' body was laid. Risk and reward. That's what I want to talk about. Father, in this moment, thank you just, is, just falls flat. What, what can we say in this moment? It's your day. We celebrate you today. May you be honored through sharing of your word now. May we all be able to gather some new insight and understanding to who you are, why you came. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. You can sit down. Well, growing up, I I was a, a risk taker. I I love to take risks. Um, Do you remember as a kid gathering with all of your friends and you would come up with these crazy ideas? Like, oh, we had to try this. We had to do this. then there was that one idiot in the bunch that would try it. That was me. Anybody that idiot? I mean, that risk taker. Sorry, that risk taker. Yeah, you're the one. All your buddies came up with it. Y'all think y'all call us idiot. I say we're risk takers. But we, I, that was me, man. i just get out there and i do it. I loved it. And one of the things I liked to do as a kid was ride my skateboard. I loved to skateboard uh, when I was a kid. And I was kind of a street skater, so I'd hop curbs, jump stairs, and, and uh, do just little tricks and things like that. Loved riding. Um, in fact, this is a picture of me when I was 11 years old, back when I had hair. Look at that. Mop of hey, where did that go? In, in this picture, I am I am doing a 360. And I, I I am by the way, right now as an adult, I can still do a 360. Okay, anybody, all right, all right? Anybody want to see me do a 360 right here and now? You brought a skateboard? Not have that in first service. So uh, I do it. I just didn't wear the right shoes. So um, I appreciate the love. I appreciate it, but I, I don't have the right shoes for that. <laughs> so when, when I was a kid, I loved to ride, and uh, and when I became a, a, an adult, Lauren and I first got married. And we were living in Ponca City, Oklahoma. And I was looking in my, my closet one day, and, and back in the back of the closet, I saw I saw my skateboard. And it's it was it's a sweet, sweet skateboard. Gordon and Smith board is a warp tail, it had Kryptonite wheels on it and tracker trucks, and man, it was just an amazing board. And I pulled it out, and my son at the time was two. Stephen is like this tall. And and I remember taking him, putting him on that board and kind of rocking him back and forth and he was loving it. And then all of a sudden I was looking at Laura and I thought to myself, you know what? I need to show this lady, this this boy still got some mad skills. And so I decided I was going to go out and, and show her what What this guy had. And so we walked out of our apartment. It was a beautiful, sunny day, and we walked across the sidewalk and across the parking lot and over to um, the the clubhouse. And at the clubhouse, they had a a set of stairs. There were four different stairs. And and so I remember Laura was standing at the bottom of the stairs, and I was up here, and I was going to jump these stairs. And there's Laura standing there with my son, and Laura's looking up at me like, you, my man. He's so sexy. He's so awesome. I was like, that's right, girl. I'm about to show you right now. And so I remember just launching and taking up, and we were launching right off of the steps. And I remember in midair, I just kind of gave her a wink and went, that's right, baby. You know, just kind of did one of those. And it was in mid-flight that I suddenly realized I was in trouble because I didn't realize how much i had grown, and when I reached down to grab the board... It was a lot further down than I remembered, and I missed grabbing the board, and the board flew out one way, I went the other way, and when I landed, my ankle went this way, and my leg went that way, and I crumbled like a house of cards. And I remember and that moment, she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And I remember standing up, and I remember the excruciating pain in my son. i like, Daddy, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine, boy, I'm fine. And I remember trying to walk it off. It hurt so bad. Fast forward about 25 years. I, I rolled my ankle playing basketball. I went into the doctor. He x-rayed it. And he's looking at this x-ray, and he goes, did you by chance break your ankle like 25 years ago? I was <laughs> like, I guess I did. Didn't even know it. In life, if you want great reward, it requires great risk. If you want the reward of marriage, you've got to take the risk of saying, I do. If you want a a degree, there is great risk to you financially. If you want to own a home, there is great risk to that. If you're older and you want to change careers, there's great reward for that, but there's a great risk. If you are, whatever it is you're wanting to do, if you want to have a great reward in life, it's going to require a great risk. You want to have kids, it's going to require a great risk. I think the greatest risk that was ever taken in all of history was god sending his son jesus to this earth to die for all of humanity because the great risk that he took was that he would be rejected that that people wouldn't believe him that 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 no one would follow him and I, and i think also the greatest risk that any of us can ever take in this life is to choose to believe that story i mean we got this that God sent his son. God came in the flesh as a person, but not as an adult. He came as a baby. And as a baby, he was born from a virgin. And then he was raised and, and he, he lived a sinless life, never messed up. And then he came to this place where he died and then he, he rose again. Just stop and think about that for a moment. If you're honest, just think about how crazy and ridiculous that story is. Yet many of us believe it. We believe that story. And we've taken a great risk. And we said, I'm going to put my faith in him. Why? Because we believe that there's also a great reward. And we believe, man, if I believe in Jesus, I believe that I can have forgiveness like all my sin, all my shame, all my brokenness, anything I've ever done will not be counted against me. Like, he'll give me a second chance. You will talk about a great reward. I can have hope in this life. I can have healing for my soul. This world has no peace, but thanks be to Jesus, I can have peace. And if I don't know where I'm headed when I'm with Jesus, he gives me purpose. He gives me a moral compass. He gives me a a place to go. He gives me purpose in my life. And then on top of that, I have the promise of eternal life. But think about how crazy and ridiculous all that sounds. Yet many of us Believe it. It takes great risk to believe that. It takes a great risk of faith. So, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm not going to say anything today to try to convince you, win you over, narrow, take away all your doubts. In fact, probably what I'm going to do is raise more doubts. I'm going to make it like you're going to walk out of here and you'll be like, well, dang, I'm even more confused. Now, I know some of you right now as followers of Jesus, you're like, no, Brad, make it easy. <laughs> no, no, Brad, explain it all because I, I want them to, you know. But here's the thing. If you're not a follower of Jesus, nothing I say today is going to convince you. It's a risk. You have to take a risk of faith. That's what faith is. So we're going to look at this guy named Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, because if anybody took a great risk in following Jesus, it was, it was Joseph, and, and some of the same risks he took are the risks that we are going to have to take as well. And So as we just read the story just a moment ago, Jesus has died, he's hanging on that cross, and Joseph goes to Pilate, and, and it says this in verse 43, look back at verse 43, Joseph of Arimathea, he did what? Say these three words, he did what? He took a risk. One more time. He did what? He took a risk, and he went to Pilate, and he asked for Jesus' body. Now, Joseph was an honored member of the high council, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Now, now Joseph is a very kind of mysterious character. He just suddenly pops up, by the way, here in Scripture. In fact, for those of us who follow Jesus, you may have never even heard of this guy ever before. You're like, well, who is this guy? Like, he's not mentioned anywhere else, and then all of a sudden, at this pivotal moment in history, boom, Joseph pops up, and he's mentioned in all four of the gospel accounts. Uh, Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, the gospels that tell the story of Jesus, all of them talk about this guy named Joseph of Arimathea. So when we look at the gospel accounts, we kind of get a picture of who this guy is. First of all, he's extremely wealthy. He can afford his own tomb. He's very wealthy. He's also very well respected among people. He's known as a man of very good character and and, and integrity. We know he was a member of the high council. In other words, he was one of the religious leaders that sat on the council. But he wasn't just on the council. He was an honored member of the council. So he was held in really high esteem. Not only that, but he had incredible influence. Because why? Well, he went to Pilate. Hang on, time out. How can you get an audience with Pilate unless you are a man of incredible influence? And that's who Joseph is. But he's at a crossroads right now in his life because he's also a Jewish man. And as a Jew, he, like all the rest of the Jewish people, they were waiting on the Messiah, you look throughout the Old Testament, the prophets talked about this Messiah that was going to come and and rescue Israel. So all Jewish boys, girls, men and women, all looking for the Messiah, including him. And then he hears about Jesus. And he gets intrigued by Jesus because he starts hearing about the miracles that Jesus is doing. And then he begins to to watch Jesus. He begins to hear people, these rumblings that Jesus might be the Messiah, He's watching Jesus do all these miracles, and he's listening to these teachings of Jesus about the kingdom of God, and and then he's seeing some of the prophecies. He's like, I grew up hearing about that, and he's fulfilling that. He's doing that, and suddenly we see that Joseph becomes a believer. He takes a risk, and he becomes a follower of Jesus, but John says something very interesting in his gospel. John says that he became a follower of Jesus, but he was a secret follower. Because he, he was in, lived in fear of the Jewish leaders. Because think about it, he's, he's an honored member of the council. He's on the, the council that has uh, convicted Jesus. They're the ones who are saying Jesus is a blasphemer. They're the ones who are against Jesus. And so he's like, I'm a follower, but I'm going to keep it on the down low. And then Luke, in, in his gospel account, he, he says that, uh, in, in his, that, that he was on, listen to this, he was on the council that convicted Jesus. So on that Thursday night when Jesus was put before the religious leaders, Joseph of Arimathea sat on the council, but he remained silent. And Luke records that he didn't agree with the council, but he didn't, he didn't say anything. And now here he is at another crossroads in his life because Jesus has died. Jesus is dead, but for some reason, something compels him, and Joseph, for some reason, presses through his doubts, presses through his questions, and and Mark says he, he took a risk. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them it's worth the risk. Come on, tell somebody, it's worth the risk. Like, we all face various times of doubt in our lives, and questions in, in, in our, our lives about all kinds of things in our lives. And listen, when things are going good, doubt is low, isn't it? Like, you think about your kids. When your kids are doing great, you're like, "Whoa, Rhodes Scholar. Whoop, whoop. I mean, you're excited. I was, I was at a coffee shop a couple weeks ago, and I overheard this dad, and he was talking about his son, and his son uh, was playing baseball, and for the in the very first time his son got up to bat, he hit a grand slam home run. Wow, that's incredible. I'm leaning in over, I'm like, I could hear this story. And the guy he's sitting with says, That's that's incredible. Your son got up, hit it, and cracked the and the ball goes over the fence. He's like, Oh no, 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 I'm sorry, no, no. This is coach pitch. My son's in second grade. No, no, no. Hey, Hit it over the fence. He actually hit it like to second base, uh, but the second baseman couldn't get to the ball fast enough, and he, he fumbled it, and he ran past first, so he took second, and then the guy took the ball, and he threw it to second, but he overthrew him into the outfield, so he ran to third, and I'm yelling, go home, run home, and so the outfielder throws it, but he throws it out into the parking lot, and, and my son gets home, home run, and this guy in this moment's thinking, can you believe this? Scholarship's coming, major leagues. He's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. He's seven. But come on, haven't we all done that? When your kid, your kid's just brilliant. They're doing great. You're like, man, my kid has got all this. Wow. And then you look over and your kid's eating dirt. <laughs> like there's no, no, no chance here. Same thing is true when you're, when you're following Jesus. It's, it's easy to have faith. It's easy to take the risk. It's easy to believe when, when things are going good, when things are going good, doubts are low. You, you pray a prayer, God answers the prayer. Whoop, whoop, Jesus is alive. I mean, it's just it's easy. I mean, you, you pay your bills. There's money in the bank. Whoop, whoop, give him glory. Give him praise. Raise the roof. I mean, you're excited. You know, when your kids are mining, things are, when, when things are going well, when, when they, you pray and you get the promotion, when, when there's no health issues and you're physically strong, it's easy to believe when the doubts are low. But that's not the story here for Joseph. I mean, when you look at this story for Joseph, this, this, this isn't one of those moments. He's staring down death. Like if there's ever a moment to doubt, this is the one. If there's ever a moment to not take a risk, this is that moment. But here's the thing. Every follower of Jesus will face a crisis of faith. You will have those moments where you have questions and you have doubts. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you need to press in just to this one moment and listen to this. If you follow Jesus, there's going to be times that you pray a prayer that God doesn't answer. And that is where you're going to be pressed. And you're going to have to figure out, do I believe? There's gonna be times where the answer doesn't come that we want. There's times that you pray for the marriage to be healed and that person turns and walks out the door. There's times you pray for health and just like Joseph as he's holding the body of Jesus, the dead body of Jesus, there are times when you pray for someone's healing and the healing doesn't come and the breath leaves their lungs and they will die. That is the moment of faith. That's the moment every follower of Jesus will face. And this, when you look at Joseph, he's, Joseph's not looking upon a resurrected Jesus here. The, 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 one of the Gospels talks about that he took Jesus from the cross, and so he's holding the body of a dead man in his hands. Yet in that moment, something compels him to believe. Something compels him to press through the doubts, to press through the questions, to believe. So Paul was an apostle of Jesus, and Paul came along after the death and resurrection of Jesus, and he was a lot like Joseph of Arimathea. He was a religious leader who was converted and went on to start churches, and and many of you know his story. And He wrote a letter to the church in Rome, And, and to the church in Rome, he said this in chapter 1, verse 17. He said, it is through what? It's through what? It's through faith that a righteous person has life. Uh, In Luke's gospel, Luke tells us that Joseph was, was a good and a righteous man. In other words, he was made righteous because of his faith. Like, that's what faith is. Faith is simply taking a risk. If you wonder, like it takes faith to believe in Jesus, like what does that mean? It means you got to take a risk. It means that you're gonna have doubts, it means you're gonna have questions, it means not everything is gonna be answered. I mean, it just means that in that moment, I am gonna press through my questions, I am gonna press through my doubts, and I am going to choose to believe. Look at, look at Joseph here, man. He's asking for Jesus' body. Like if there was ever a risky move, this is it. This guy's a member of the religious council. Jesus, by the council, was declared a criminal. He was declared a blasphemer. And yet here's Joseph in this moment, stepping out, no longer a secret follower, and saying, I am going to take a risk. Following Jesus requires risk. And I, I want to give you um, three risks that I think it's going to require out of all of us that we see specifically here in the life of Joseph. And I'd like for you to write these down and in your chair back in front of you and in the baskets on the floor, you can grab the sermon notes. Uh, there's three things I want you to write down. We'll go through these very quickly, okay? Number one, you're going to have to risk your reputation. You're going to have to risk your reputation, like. When you look at Joseph, again, religious leader on the high council, and scripture doesn't tell us this, but tradition tells us that after he took Jesus' body off the cross and put it in the grave, the the high council arrested him and put him in prison for what he did. It it is not going to come without risk to your reputation, and the truth is, is that If you're like Joseph was at one point, if you're a secret follower, if you never share your faith, if you never tell anybody that you're a follower of Jesus, let's be honest, there's no risk if you don't tell anybody. But if you step out and you say, I want to stand with Christ and I want to be his follower, and you do that, there's going to be risk. But let's be honest. We live in Oklahoma. How much risk and persecution are we really facing? We live in a Christian bubble. Come on, turn to somebody tell them, you live in a bubble. You live in a bubble, okay? We live in a bubble. I, listen, I have been to California. I've been to Oregon. I've been to Colorado. I've been to New York City. And there, it's not real popular to be a Christian. But here, if you go to work in your neighborhood, if you told somebody, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. Hey, I go to, I go to church. I'm a Christian. They're going to be like, okay, cool for you. No big deal. Unless you're a teenager. If you're a teenager in Oklahoma... It is tough going. Every teenager could say amen to that right now. If a teenager in any of our schools right now says, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, they risk persecution right here in our hometown. Because Christianity is no longer seen as this this message of love, it's seen as a message of hate. It's seen as a message that is divisive. It's seen as a message that, is, um, that pushes others away. That's not the message of Jesus. But if uh, one of our young people stands up and they say, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, they're going to be ridiculed for that. They're going to suffer their reputation. And guess what? It's a, eventually going to come up the chain to us as adults. The bubble has been popped. Come on, turn to somebody tell them the bubble has been popped. Get ready get ready. There is a risk to your reputation. It isn't always going to be easy. Second thing I'd like for you to write down is this. It is a risk to your riches, a risk to your riches. We already talked about Joseph being an extremely wealthy man, but what tradition tells us, and again, scripture doesn't say this, but tradition tells us that Joseph gave it all up to go out and proclaim the gospel. He gave everything up to proclaim the gospel. Listen, when you, when you give your life to Jesus, there's a great risk to your riches. Simple thing is this, man, you, you go to work, you may not get that promotion. Because you decide I'm not gonna compromise. And so you don't get the promotion. You may miss out on a sale because you say, I'm I'm gonna operate with integrity. Honestly, when you follow Jesus, it, it, it is a cost to your time and your talent and your treasure. Talk to anybody at our church that's a member of a core team. Anybody who showed up. Listen, there are people that while we were at home getting dressed, getting dolled up, getting ready, going to go home and eat a lunch. Guess what? They were here early. After you go home, they're going to be still here long after you're gone. They're saying, I'm gonna give of my time. When you walked in today, probably most of you didn't even see it, but out there in the front, I saw it. There's landscaping, brand new landscaping by the front. Some of you didn't even see it, just walked right in. I've seen it because before you came for Easter, I was embarrassed. I was like, man, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. I talked to a couple of volunteers. And I said, hey, you know, we, what do you think we could do about this? While I'm halfway around the world, a team of people showed up, dug out all the ugliness, and planted beautiful bushes and, and made it look amazing for you for Easter. That's a, that's a giving of their time and their talent. I know right now they're saying, don't clap for me, grab a shovel. That's what they want, <laughs> grab a shovel. So I'm going to run out of time, but... And I didn't say this in the first service, but let me, let me just say this real quick, okay? And I mean no disrespect, and that's going be the worst thing to say on Easter, but sometimes this <laughs> is the way we get off the hook. Oh, I'm just going to clap. <laughs> Look what our church did. Look what we did. Yay, we're so awesome. And, and I'm, again, I, I think it's great that we're clapping. I think we need to honor people that, that do those things, but we all got to search our souls at times because sometimes we, we shouldn't be doing this. We should be doing this and grab a shovel, and, and get it, but, but there's a cost, there's a cost to that, man, I think about Todd and Jody Guy, just regular church-going people, they, they, they don't have a seminary degree, they're not called to be pastors, but they go halfway around the world, to Ethiopia, start an organization called I Am Not Forgotten, and are rescuing boys off of the streets, orphans off of the streets, I was there, I visited these boys, they're beautiful, but the work is hard, the resources are not there. The people to help are not there. They're scratching and they're clawing and they're praying and they're believing and they're hopeful that God is going to do something. It's cost them their own personal riches. They've had to invest their own money and it will cost you. Many of you gave into our Easter offering. Thank you so much. Over $8,000 given that's going not into here, not into our pockets, around the world to people you're never gonna see. That's incredible. I mean, some of you could have kept it. Maybe some of you should have kept it by the way you're dressed today. You could have bought a nice new shirt, guys. But I mean, but hey, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. (laughs) Listen, you said, no, I'm not going to do that for me. I'm gonna take that money. Instead, I'm gonna invest it. It's gonna cost you riches. It's going to cost you? There's a risk to your reputation. There's a risk to your riches. Here's the third thing I want to give you. It's a risk to your relationships. Joseph lost some friends. He was held in high regard by a lot of people. And the moment he sided with Jesus, he lost family. He lost friends. He lost business. He lost his place on the council. People were looking at him like, Joe, what are you doing, man? Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? When you step out and follow Jesus, there's a risk to relationships because you're not going to do what they do. You're not going to say what they say. You're not going to treat people the way that others treat people. You're going to stand up for those that people laugh at and scorn and ridicule. You're going to give your time in places that they would never give their time. They're going to look at you like, you're crazy to believe and follow this Jesus. And you say, yeah, I... I am. It's going to cost you relationships. So Matthew, who was one of the disciples of Jesus, he wrote these words about Joseph in his gospel account. He said, Joseph took the body, he wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth, and he placed it in his own tomb. I want you to think of the picture here, is that Joseph had this tomb that was intended for him And instead, Jesus was placed in the tomb intended for Joseph. I think this is an incredible picture of why Jesus came. You and I are held captive by sin. We are dead in our sin is what the scriptures say. I have no way to get free. I am, I am locked in a tomb of sin and shame and rebellion and brokenness. And those of you that follow Jesus, you know this to be true. There's no way you can break free. You try to step out of that tomb and you get pulled right back into that tomb. You try to step out of that tomb, you get pulled right back into that tomb. And this is the darkness that overwhelms you. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you know this to be true. There's this darkness over you that you can't shake. Like everything you're trying, you got this relationship and you got this job and you got this car and you got this TV and you got this money and you got this club you're going to. And you do all those things, but you can't shake the darkness. And it's because you're trapped. We're all trapped in a tomb, but there's good news. Jesus stepped into Joseph's tomb, which means Jesus steps into our tomb. Jesus took on your sin, your shame, your brokenness. He stepped into the, in the light, into the darkness with the light, lit it up, conquered the darkness, conquered death, conquered sin one time for all time. Give him some praise for that. Come on now. I just think, man, imagine that moment for Joseph. It's like, imagine like he suddenly Jesus is standing right there in front of him. Like I, I can't even fathom that moment. He's like, I was just holding your... I don't know what that exchange must have been like. Scripture doesn't tell us. But I just got to imagine that Jesus is just probably not even saying anything, just looking at Joseph, and they're just exchanging a conversation through a look. And I think Jesus is just looking at Joseph like, I know what you did. I I know the risk. I know the risk that you took. Thanks for taking that risk. And Joseph, in that moment, has just got to be completely overwhelmed. Like, I, I believed, but I, I kind of had doubts and I had, I had questions, but I, I still chose to believe and now there you are. Since so, Jesus wants to walk you out of your tomb. He wants to walk you into a new life. But it takes a risk. You gotta take a risk. There's nothing I've said, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to convince you, it's simply... A risk, a risk of faith. Here's what I I know about God is God is so merciful and so full of love. I don't know what your picture is of Jesus or Christianity, whether you're raised in the church or you've never been in church, but so many people have this perception that God is just angry and God can't wait to punish and God just wants to pour out his wrath and, and he just can't wait to scold you and send you on your way to hell. But that is not who Jesus is. That's not what the cross was about. The cross was about a God who saw a people trapped with no way out. And he said, I'll go. I'll take their place. I'll die so they don't have to die. I will conquer sin. I will conquer death one time for all time. And I will make a way so they can live in freedom. The cross is about love. It's about compassion. It's about mercy. It's about grace but it's a risk.